Jump on him, Jesus. Let's Give love unto the Lord. Lord here tonight. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you tonight. I appreciate you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. in my mind tonight that the Lord has moved upon this service and what a visitation what an opportunity even as we sung the last song of his name and to know that he's as sweet as his name to know to know to know now that he loves me that he's demonstrated that love not just through the preaching of the cross and bearing of the cross but he has literally come to me in times of valleys and caves experiences and when I felt like nobody loved me he loved me to know him to experience him I can't help but believe tonight that the individuals he encountered not just those that he miraculously healed and blessed and delivered, but those that maybe had brought loved ones and friends and neighbors. And they watched the power and the authority flow out of this man to do something that nobody else could. To deliver, to set free, and to make whole. Hmm. Only way to really appreciate that is for you and I to be in those sandals. To have to deal with that issue. To, to really know how it feels to be bound. To really know how it feels to be full of infirmities and in a hopeless situation. And then he shows up. And all that, that he can do. You, you can be seated for a minute. Let me just. I felt impressed of the Holy Ghost. Even Brother Ford made this statement after being impressed of the Holy Ghost about how to lead this service and, and, and the direction to take. And 
fell prompt in the Holy Ghost. And, hey, if the Holy Ghost can't lead us here, then how in the world is it going to lead us out there? I want the Holy Ghost to lead us. That's what Brother Ford, that's, that's what we're talking about. It's, it's not that we want to waste your time or be offensive by no means whatsoever. We sung that song about the name and shouting it from the mountaintops and shouting it through all the valleys and shouting his name over all of our people. But you know the real power of that shout is when you and I as an individual can shout it out of our own hearts and out of our own minds without distractions. Because this time it's been a set aside and dedicated to come and call on Him and have a visitation from Him. And it's above every protocol. It's above everything else. Preconceived ideals how services ought to go. And, 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 and looking at a watch and just wanting to hurry. No, we're not in a hurry. No, no, this is Sunday night. Amen. We're, we're here and we're not in a hurry. We want the power of God. And I'm going to tell you something. It was walking up and down this place while ago. When we were singing that song and none of the inspiration and anointing of God was in this house. That's, that's how we find deliverance. That's how we find healing. That's how relationships and companionships are brought back into contact. When the powers of his presence and under the powers of his anointing. Amen. When we begin to worship him and magnifying that's what singing that's what songs and instruments is all about look at it with David it drives away evil spirits it drives away amen those things that are caused distraction it helps create an atmosphere for the glory of God to fill the house but nothing's more more powerful than you and I as an individual an earthly individual can shout it from our own hearts 110% he's my Lord he's my Savior he's my atoner he's my very present help in the time of trouble I'm not bowing my knee to no other I'm not making confession to no other I'm not giving myself to any other spirit I'm not giving myself to any other name I'm not giving myself to any other kingdom it's his kingdom that's going to rule and reign in my affairs and in my life You can really shout that with such a great liberty. With such a great anointing. And with a joy. When we can get up here and sing it. Under that power and that anointing. I believe that we can shout this name from the mountaintops. Somehow we could get them to hear us that's in the valleys tonight. Somehow we could persuade them that's, that's groping along in the darkness and without this God and without this Savior, without this peace and without this joy, but somehow by His presence in the house and by obeying the Holy Ghost and feeling the hand of the touch of God in this place. Amen. And let it rule and reign in our lives and in this service tonight. There's really no telling what will really take place in this house tonight. There's really no telling 
what will happen in this house tonight. You won't deliver it from depression. You want to get some of those old spirits and some of those old attitudes and some of those old things, amen, that's been handed down to you. Then there's got to be a new king that's got to move in. There's got to be a new master that's got to move in. There's got to be a new kingdom that moves inside of you. no doubt in my mind you can be see there's no doubt in my mind tonight of this gospel there's no doubt in my mind to heart of this savior i'm gonna try to preach this tonight we'll just see we'll just see what's gonna happen what's gonna take place here tonight But I can't help but feel that a few few moments ago, if some of you had been like some of them in Jesus' ministry, just got up and run, run up here. You'd have got what you're looking for. You could receive what you, what you. I'm not sure what everybody's expecting sometimes. Not sure what everybody's looking for. What I mean by that, when we're in the house with a need, when we're in the house and we're struggling with things and battling with things, and, and all of a sudden the one that we know that can heal us. The one that can get our heads set right and our hearts set right. One that can touch us in this house that will never ever be the same again. And if that's not enough, then I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know where you're going to go. I want to preach this tonight with the help of the Lord. Job 9, Job 9, 32 and 33. This is one of those nights I'd like to have a photographic memory. Just be able to spill it all out like I felt it and way I've read it out of this book. Job 9, 32 and 33 says, For he is not a man. He's talking about God. This is Job speaking here. He's responding unto his friends. He's responding unto their accusations and things of that nature. He says, For he is not a man, as I am, that I should answer him. And we should come together in judgment. We could come together in maybe a court or courtroom. Come into a place that we can reason together. That we can 
we can discuss this. He, he's not a man like that. But the next verse is really the focus verse. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that may lay his hand upon us both. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us. Job is simply letting us know here there's not a man. There's not a mediator. Between me and God to work this situation out because they're trying to find the answers of why Job is in the state that he's in. They find, they're trying to find the purpose the reasoning of it. It's just in us. We got to suffer. We want to know why. If you don't believe that, the next time just walk up to your kids and say, I'm going to whip you. Why? What did I do? I mean, for no cause at all. Just tell them in the morning, they get up. Tell them, hey, I think I'll just whip you this morning. See what they... They're going to try the best talk out of it when they, when they deserve it. But sure enough, when they, I haven't done anything. And you're going to find out even tonight with the three friends that no way under the sun would God allow man to suffer like this man suffering without a cause. But the real key of this whole situation at this point in time Job is saying, I don't have a daysman. I don't have a mediator. But thank God tonight, we got a mediator. <laughs> He's conquered every devil. He's overcome every temptation. He's healed every disease and every affliction. He's already conquered death itself. He's told us I've overcome the world, so cheer up. If I've overcome the world, you can it's not God's will for Holy Ghost-filled people to walk around and deal with life in a spirit and an attitude. And Brother Ford done mentioned on this already a little bit. Amen. Because he's a very present help in the time of trouble. In fact, he would rather show up in times of trouble than party times all said and done when you get down to it. Because this is the real strength of his friendship. This is a real strength of his high priest calling. This is a real strength of being the lamb. That Hebrew writer lets us know who he is as the mediator. The only one that Paul's writing to Timothy has let us know. The man called Christ Jesus. The mediator between man and God. We got a mediator in this house tonight. It don't matter if you recognize him and give him honor, respect or not. We will be held accountable. Amen. Every man, woman, born girl upon the face of this earth is going to be held accountable. Amen. Because God provided a mediator. A mediator to help us along this journey. To live an overcoming and a victorious life. And you can say what you want to. And you can use whatever excuses we want to. And we've all got them. We've all been there. But I'm here to preach tonight a mediator. Not just for salvation. But a mediator out of every trial. A mediator out of every temptation. A mediator out of every snare and the of the enemy. Amen. A mediator to help us 
us in our weaknesses. A mediator help us, amen, when we feel like we just can't get the job done. A mediator has done walked in this house tonight and walked up and down these aisles, amen, to deliver our hearts and deliver our souls and set us free. And there's no greater liberty than when a soul of a man and the voice of a man to cry out who this Savior really is as he's been redeemed and set free. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We ask you, God, as you touch and move upon this house with the power of your presence and your word, you help us, God. Anoint our minds, loose our tongue. Anoint the hearts and the ears to hear it. Help us pray for an understanding and receive you in this house. Help us, Lord, do a good job for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you, and you may be seated. Lord, help us here tonight. Praise God. If you actually go back, and I'm going to go back all the way to the beginning and just kind of lay a little foundation here if you don't mind. Job himself, we learned a lot from Job, Job in the very first verse. We learned that he's from the land of us. And because of this geographical location, and other statements that are made in the writings of Job here. Many are not real sure who wrote Job. Some says, even though we know the character in the books named after the character of the book, and that's Job. Some says that Job wrote it in good possibility. Others believe there's a stronger possibility of Moses or even Solomon. But I'm not real sure if all of that's so important as the book itself and the message that it has for all of us. We do understand and realize, though, that Job was written and experienced this, amen, before the law and before the priesthood. We know that Job became the priest of his own house. Job was the one, amen, that was willing to offer sacrifice for his family and commit himself and dedicate himself. We know that also that Job somehow, some way, would be able to have, and I'm finding this more often, amen, throughout the scriptures, even in the Old Testament as well as the New, amen, that God would deal with humanity and speak unto them, amen, even prior to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so God would move upon individuals. And so we find out in the first chapter and the first verse a lot about this man called Job, amen. His name was Job, and that was a man that was perfect and upright. One of the most powerful statements that you're going to read throughout the Bible, amen, perfect and upright. God was the one that made this calling. God was the one that made this decision. God was the one that made this judgment upon a man called Job. Maybe you and I don't have the same passions and the desires as Job, but we ought to. With the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we want to be upright, and we want to be just, and we want to do things that's upright and pleasing in the sight of God at whatever cost. We don't care how much money it costs us. We don't care how many friends it makes us or how many enemies it makes. We want to be right with God, and we want to walk upon this earth as spiritual epistles of Jesus Christ and the ups and the power of the Holy Ghost that operates and moves in our lives. We want to be filled with his anointing. We want to walk in the powers and operation of his spirit. We want to be used in his gifts. We want to be used in his calling. We want to represent his name. We never want to trample the blood of Christ or the name of Jesus under our feet. We never want to walk away from it or turn away from it. But oh God, you put something inside of us and we want to live for you. At whatever cost. We humble and yield and submit ourselves unto him. And so as we 
watch it begin to unfold. We begin to find out that he's been blessed of God. God's gave him seven sons and three daughters. He's blessed him, amen. Amen. He became the richest man of the East. We understand again, it helps us to understand the timing of this. Amen. Because he was measured with riches such as with cattle, beast, things of this nature. And so with that, that helps us understand that Job, Job, amen, one of the first characters that you read about upon the earth, amen, that knew God and was living for God. In fact, it became so powerful as you go on and watch in this first chapter, we see how that Satan and the request of Satan, amen, is Satan had gone and in the, with the sons of God in the presence of the Lord. And in that presence, amen, God was the one that brought up the topic called Job. Have you considered my servant Job? Amen. And so the devil began to tell him. In fact, you'll read in Job, amen. You read more about the devil and Lucifer and Satan. Amen. It's much, if not more. Amen. Some say some three quarters of the writing of Satan is in the book of Job. Amen. Of the old, old Testament. And so there's a lot to learn here as we watch the setting and the setting up of this is unfolding and taking place. And so we see here that it was God's idea that considered his servant Job and asked Satan had he considered him a man and so we know how they went on and the scriptures taught us in that first encounter a man that he tried to persuade God if you'll just take that hedge out from around him if you'll give me access to him and to the things that he's got hallelujah I'll have him cursing you that he doesn't just really love you it's your blessings upon him it's your favors upon him I'm going to tell you something I'm not about to let money amen govern my love for God or my commitment to the house of God I'm not allowed what I drive what I eat in the places I've got because if that's what's governing me honey you fix to be tested you fix to be tried hallelujah amen when you don't have any other place to go except God in prayer to pray down a meal and pray down a move of God we could see those days coming but I got there's just watch this and so we know the story how that God allowed amen as, as Satan leaves out of the presence of God and makes his, and immediately he begins to work. He begins to use, and we see again, he uses enemy, the Chaldeans. These are terms, individuals that we understand that's in the, the, the before the patriarchs and before a lot of them. So we understand this unfolds way before there was a tabernacle. And there's a point of this. There was a reason, amen, that uh, Job, Job putting his trust in God, amen, putting his trust in God and the power of God. It doesn't matter what comes and goes. Amen. Your church can fail you. Your pastor can fail you. Your, 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 your spouse may fail you. This one may fail you. But I'm going to tell you something. God will never fail you. God will never come up short. That doesn't mean he won't try you. That doesn't mean he won't let, won't let you be tried. But I'm here to tell you, amen. Hallelujah. Even Job himself made it plainer to us. Amen. With ten graves. Hallelujah. Fresh graves have been dug. Amen. He's facing a battle with all the rich had been taken away from him and all that escaped from each one of those battles of the Chaldeans and the Sabanese that came against him and took the, the camels and took the sheep and took the oxen and took everything away from him. Only one would come, amen, and each one of them before one would get through telling him. Another would come in the door and probably with the inspiration or the, the, the hey man, I got the story of the hour. I got to tell Job. My goodness, look what's happened to Job. Not realizing the one before him just told him something horrible and the one behind is coming what with a story just as bad. 
You know, sometimes it don't take but one phone call. Turn our world upside down. Cause it to crumble out from under us. Some of you have experienced that, literally. So you got a little idea. But even that, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know I'm not making light of that. But compared to Job here, I believe I could say none of us has faced what Job was facing. Job didn't have the Holy Ghost. He had a walk and a fellowship. And I believe the Spirit of God would move upon him. But it never dwelt in him. It never took up a boat in him. Amen. And so when you go to the second chapter again, again, Satan didn't want to mention Job, but God did. If you considered my servant Job. And so you know the story. How that here, he said, skin for skin. He said, man, man, to give his life. Man, when you start dealing his skin, he said, and so God, again, now he gave the devil boundaries. He led him and he loosed him. But at the same time, he bound him. Don't you ever, don't ever think that the devil's got all the controls. Because he doesn't. Amen. Hallelujah. Especially if you're willing to resist him and submit yourself to God. I'm telling you, the devil's always limited. He's always got boundaries. Even when he's allowed to attack us, he's got boundaries. He's got a certain place he can only operate, and a certain place he can move in, and a certain place he can tempt us and try us. Amen. And tell God, God's got to be the one that takes the heads down. God's got to be the one that, that releases the chain and gives him the room to work with. God's a sovereign God, and he rules and reigns in all the affairs of mankind. But as this unfolds, the Bible says that, that Job had three friends that had got together. And they decided to come and as they heard about Job and what had unfolded and took place. And, and so we know that here he is, a man taking punctured, a man with boils on him. He's scraping them and such pain and agony and suffering. A man that, uh, that he's there. And when the friends show up, and even from a distance, when they couldn't really recognize, they knew it was Job, but, but, but yet they couldn't recognize. And, and, and they, they couldn't even say nothing. For seven days, they just... Speechless. Couldn't say anything. Now these are the men that was called friends. These are the men, a man to come to comfort him. To encourage him. That was their mission. That's what they set out to do. But now, for seven days as they watched the agony, the pain, and the struggle in this man called Job. And only you and I can imagine tonight... If you know anything about balls, sores from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. Amen. Steal the scent of that fresh dirt of seven boys and three girls. It's in a grave. Steal at the, at the, at the area where I don't have not one nickel. I don't have not one dime. I don't have not one ox or one camel 
or anything. In fact, it's reached a point in my life. She's simply telling me to curse God. Amen. To, to give up on my integrity and curse God and die. Amen. But he wouldn't do it. He said, oh, you speak like one of the foolish women. Amen. Because if I can receive good from God, can I receive evil? And how we respond to it is all the difference in the world. But as this unfolds, and time won't allow us here tonight, but I'd love to just go through some of these chapters as it begins. Because after the third chapter, the third chapter is filled with Job himself cursing the day that he was born. Wishing that a cloud had overshadowed him. Darkness would overshadow him. Wishing that he would never, the, 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 the wound that had birthed him, had, it would never have happened. It had never unfolded. And that whole chapter is filled with that of Job. Amen. Because finally, after seven days, Job's the first one to speak and open up the doors and open up the opportunity. But in after the third chapter, when you slip over into the fourth chapter, you began, you start beginning to see those that begin to question Job. Eliphaz, amen, is the first one that comes and he says, A saint could commune with thee without be grieved. But who can withhold himself from speaking? Behold, thou hast instructed meaning, thou hast strengthened the weak hands. Thy words have upholded him that was fallen, and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. But now it is come upon thee, and thou faintest. It touches thee, and thou art troubled. It's not this thy fear, thy confidence, thy home, and the uprightness of thy ways. Remember, I pray thee, whoever perished being innocent. Listen to him. Whoever perished being innocent. He's already saying, Job, there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with our righteous God now. There's nothing wrong with this almighty God. Hey, I won't never forget it. Some of you know him, and some of you kind of working with him a little bit. But I remember when this pandemic hit. Amen. And right up at that hardware store. Amen. He come walking in there one day and saying some things. And I was sitting in the office and working on the computer. And he stepped around up to me and said something. And he said something about the pandemic. I said, God sent it. God didn't send it. I said, well, God allowed it. Debate with that one. You telling me that the, that the pandemic and the devil's bigger than God? I beg the difference with you, sweetheart. <laughs> well, I'm going to go on with that one. <laughs> and he was upset when he said it. Still didn't change the facts. I'm glad I'm serving a God that's big enough. And you know what? I believe some good can come out of it. If we approach it like God wants us to. Anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. And so as this unfolds, and Lord knows I won't take the time. Amen. I'm not planning on preaching nowhere near. I was informed this morning that, again about how long I've been. So anyway, you know, when it's good. I'm not saying the preaching's good, but the Holy Ghost and the Word of God's good. Hey, this is the most blessed place there is. You need this more than you need a courtroom. You need this more than you need a hospital room. You need this more than you need a funeral room. You need this more than you need mama and daddy. You need this more than schools. You need this more than anything else. This is the highest priority in your life. And when you and I make it the prize priority in our hearts and in our life, I'm telling you, God's going to see us through. we got to have revival. we got to have a Holy Ghost revival. we got to see miracles of what is a sign. I believe God can do it. I believe he wants to do it. Not only can he, but he wants to. What do you mean by that? There's probably a few in this house could write a $10,000 check. 
but getting you to do it. <laughs> There's a difference, isn't it? Huh? That's right. I could write one. I just don't know if it's good or not. <laughs> You'd have to ask the secretary back there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But God, but God. So, as you watch this, and you could just keep on going. He, the latter part of that particular chapter, man, the 17th verse actually starts. And really, he's directing God is righteous. He says, shall more a man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? We are going to the scriptures about he that is formed to speak to him that formed him. Behold, he put no trust in his servants and his angels he charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. They are destroyed from morning to evening. They perish forever without any regarding it. Does not their excellency which is in them go away? They die even without wisdom. It goes on in the next chapter. talks about how that righteousness will triumph. And it will. It goes from that to the 17th verse of that same chapter. And it deals with God's chastens his children. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Are you hearing what he's telling Job? He said, Job, you deserve this. You just deserve this chastening. You ought to be thankful that God's chastising you. Down to get something that's in you out is what he's telling him. You committed a sin somewhere. You dropped the ball somewhere. There's no way that this righteous God would allow this to move upon you and take a hold of you. Amen. In this, this situation, there's no way under the sun. It's amazing to me how even some of us, if we're not careful, there's no way God would allow this to happen to me. There's no way God would allow this to come our way. Well, why wouldn't he? Hallelujah. Why shouldn't he sometimes? Because he's really looking for somebody that could climb the same mountains that everybody else is climbing, but not with the help of man, but with the help of God, because I got a mediator, because I got a mediator, and the only way that you can show the rest of this world that you got a power and a kingdom and a helper that's greater than all their kingdoms that's greater than all their powers. You got to let this world know I got a mediator that's going to help me climb this mountain. So we can't be exempt. We can't be set aside. If we could do, we're going to do anything. If we're going to be a testimony of, of this mediator. And I know, I know it's most of it's focus on the salvation, but that's not all. It's not all. And that's, that's what I'd love to get across to us tonight. It doesn't matter how small or how big the problem is. I got a mediator. I got somebody to help me. I got, to help, got somebody to help me at college. I got somebody to help me in those, those tests. I got somebody, amen, to help me. Amen, to learn them big old terms. And all those problems and phases, it takes two or three pages to work out. Amen, God can help me. If God wants me to be an engineer... 
And I'm going to use that trade, amen, to bless his kingdom. Hallelujah. I believe God will help me. But I got to ask him. And I got to believe it's going to show up. And when it happens, I'm going to give him the glory. And I'm going to give him the praise. Hallelujah. I picked on Brother Andrew. He's going to be one of those millionaires, amen, that's going to help give a million toward building that school out there. Well, that's just fun. No, I wasn't funny. I was serious. I believe God can do it because he's a mediator. I wouldn't be in this pulpit tonight if I didn't have a mediator. I couldn't preach the word or do any of that. I'm telling you, you don't know how illiterate I was when God called me. And I say that with more with shame. Well, that, that, but it's still the truth. I got a mediator. I'll be honest with you. I asked God today. I said, God, why in the world you call me? These folks say, man, this message here, I'm telling you. And I know some of you is going to sit there and it ain't going to mean nothing to you. And that's your business. But I'll tell you something. you got a mediator. I don't care what struggles you're in. I don't care what battles you're in. I don't care if you feel like you're all alone. I'm telling you, God has gave us a mediator that we're never alone. We're never by ourselves. We never face it by ourselves. I'm sick and tired of hearing some say, well, you just don't know how long. You're not alone. If you're alone, it's because you choose to be alone. You choose to walk away from him. How do you choose to lay him down? He didn't forsake you. You've forsaken him. You've forsaken his word and his presence. So when you, when you get, as you watch this unfold, and it's not, not time won't allow us, but you go to the fourth chapter, and then the fifth chapter, and then you, again the, the, the sixth chapter. Job in grief is unbearable. Amen. He, he talks about it. Oh, that my grief was thoroughly weighed, and my calamities laid in the balance together. For now it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Are you hearing what he's saying? Man, it's somehow this, this grief and, and this burden that I'm under pain and suffering. Man, it's somehow it could be weighed up. It would be heavier than all the weight of the sand of the sea. I've never been there. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. The poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. The terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. You remember something. God never informed Job of the cosmic meeting between God and the devil and the agreement they made over Job. Job didn't have a clue what was going on. He didn't give him no understanding. He didn't give him no foresight. He didn't give him any pre-warning. But guess what? Neither did the devil. The devil used enemy, amen, that Job blamed God to do it. Amen. In fact, two elements that was brought against him was wind and fire. And the, the servant come running and said, God sent fire and burned him up. God sent a whirlwind and blowed your son's house down and killed him. whirlwind so even Job at this point and at this place at this time because in one sense it was God because Job believed in a sovereign God if you get a real revelation of that it'll help you in your trials because you can, you can watch this two things you know you're never leaving nor forsake you Neither put more on you than you can bear. 
the burden starts getting too heavy, first thing I do is say, God, this burden's not from you. That I bring this on myself, and if I did, God help me repent, and I get it off of me. I'm gonna cast, I'm gonna cast my cares, I'm gonna cast my burden at your feet. I'm gonna let you let you handle. I'm gonna leave them with you. <laughs> and so, for for time's sake tonight, I know I can't, I couldn't can't read all that chapter, but but then. As you go to the seventh chapter, man's time on earth, it talks about. And, and again, the eleventh verse, it starts picking back up in the Job's anguish spirit. Therefore, I will not reframe my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. In other words, I can't help myself any longer. I've done reached a point in place, man. I can't reframe. I can't hold it back. i got to speak it out. Am I a sea or a whale? Now watch this. He's really speaking this to the friends. Watch this. Am I a sea or a whale that thou thou settest a watch over me? That you're watching just to see what's going to happen? See what's going to unfold? See what's going to take place? You, You all are so set in your opinions that I'm so guilty, that I'm so sinful. That I've committed some, some, some great sin and you're ready for me to confess it. But with all honesty, Job didn't have one to confess. He didn't have one to tell. <laughs> he, he would have had to make it up if he was going to. When I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint. Then thou scarest me with dreams and terrifies me through visions. So that my soul chooses strangling and death, death rather than life. So he goes through all of that. And then our dad speaks and talks about from that in the eighth chapter. He talks about God is just. How long will thou speak these things? How long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? Doth God pervert judgment? Or doth the Almighty pervert justice? Pervert justice? If thy children have sinned against him, and he have cast them away for their transgressions, if thy would have seek unto God betimes and make thy supplications to the Almighty, if thy were pure and upright surely now he would awake for thee and make the habitations of thy righteous prosperous so you see and I don't have time I don't have to read but it's, it's, it's pretty lengthy go back and look at that watch it listen to the conversation listen to what's unfolding and what's taking place and, and the time that's spent in this that's going on but it's here when we get to the ninth chapter and in the beginning of it, Job talks about the mighty power of God. He talks about the supplication to my judgment. But then, amen, the key verse that I want to get to tonight. Amen. For he is not a man talking about God. If I could bring God, if I could get a hold of God. And the Bible talks about it. I said, I'm salt for him in front of me, behind me. Messiah, I can't find him. But, oh, if I could just get in the presence of God. If I could just get the attention of God. We've all been there times man if God if I could just feel you if I could just feel your touch just to know that 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 I'm all right that that what I'm suffering what I'm struggling with that 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 you're still with me that your presence is with me but here the ninth verse ninth chapter 32 especially 33 it talks about God is not a man man and that I have should answer him, and that we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman. 
If you do any study on that particular term, it quickly it will take you. A daysman is one that's in between us that may lay his hand upon us both. He is a mediator, or some would call him an umpire. Now, we know that an umpire to whose authoritative decisions both God and I are equally amendable, but, but watch this, an arbitrator. A man is in a position whose hands express his power to, to do what? To adjust between the two. Now, Job knew there was no man. Nobody could take God, a man, by the hand and his righteousness and godliness. But, but he's simply telling us, man, I don't have a mediator. And so when you look at that, now believe this or not, in the East, still in the East, they tell us, amen, that they practice this. If there's two that's debating and fussing and over something, they'll grab a stranger that just comes out of nowhere. They'll grab him by the hand and pull him in to be that mediator between the two. He don't know either one of them, but yet he's the one that would mediate between the two and work between the two. And so that was a practice, amen, in the East. Now to help us to get a little better understanding of what I'm really trying to preach on here tonight, when you go to 1 Samuel 2, you're going to read about Eli. And you're going to read a time in his life when he had sons and sons that wouldn't do right. Amen. And they, they rebelled and rejected God and his truth. And, and you're going to see and whenever Eli approached them. When you go to 1 Samuel 2 and 22. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel. And how they had laid with the women at the assemblies at the door of the tabernacle of the congregations. And he said unto them, why do ye such things? For I care of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. He make the Lord's people to transgress. Now here's the key verse, the 25th verse. For it says, if one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Amen. When a man, amen, sins against the Lord, who's going to entreat? There's not a man available. There's not a mediator available here, amen, at this point in time to help us along the journey and help us along the pathway. So what are you talking about tonight for just to kind of sum it up, amen, because I don't want to preach too long, but, but to try to sum it up, that's like, amen, Israel trying to get out of Egypt without a lamb. That's like Noah and his family trying to get out of the judgment of the flood without an ark, amen. That's like Israel trying to make their way through the wilderness without a pillar and without a cloud. That's like you and I trying Trying to make it out of the New Testament church without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, without having faith and without having a church. That's what it's like, amen. It's impossible without the mediator called Jesus Christ that you read about and experience and walk in this house. You don't have a chance. You better fall in love with this mediator. And so as we we watch some of this, and I'm going to pass some of it, but, but let me go to some of the New Testament. Amen. And, and, and I know I won't have enough time to, to cover all of it, but uh, let, let me just dig into a little bit of it. Amen. Especially from the Hebrew writings. Amen. As he talks about, amen, this, this mediator, this, this better covenant, this better high priest. Amen. Do you and I really understand tonight? That we got a high priest that's on the right hand of God. That's the term it's used. We understand that's not for as a position in that form and manner, but with authority and with power. Amen. With authority and power. Hallelujah. To work on our behalf, to bring us out of our dilemmas, to pull us out of our darknesses, to deliver us from every temptation. He was tempted like you and I, but he never failed. He didn't come up short. Amen. But you know what? You know why God didn't have another 
the angel, but he took on the seed of Abraham. Amen. So he could be a man just like you and I. And he could deal with temptation and things of that nature. He knew what it was. Amen. To feel the infirmities and the temptations of the devil and the pull of the world and the struggles of life. Big man. But you know what? He conquered every one of them so he could become our secure, so he could become our comforter, so he could become a very present help. He never slumbers. He's never sleeps. He's sitting on the circle of this earth. And it doesn't matter. Amen. If the cell phone don't work and you can't get your pastor, you don't worry about the what called Jesus Christ. The mediator is always available and he's always willing and he's never limited, amen, by resources and power. All he needs is an honest, sincere cry. All he needs somebody with a broken heart of God, God's spirit. All he needs is somebody with faith. I believe I can move God on my behalf. Some of you don't believe that tonight. I tell everybody where you're sitting there looking at me. You don't believe it. You don't believe God could change your situation. You want it to, but you want to do it on lighter terms. You want to do it on your terms. But here's, here's the deal. You and I got to sell out. We got to sell out. We got to come to that place. I'm going to fall in love with him. I'm going to be committed to him. And whatever trial comes and whatever temptation comes, I'm willing to take it on. Amen. I'm willing to separate. I'm willing to walk through the valleys. I'm willing to climb the mountains. I'm willing to make the sacrifices. Amen. For him to be my high priest. For him to be that mediator between me and God. Amen. Because the fellowship and relationship between me and God's more important than anything else in this world. To know him. To experience him. To allow his presence and his power to help us along this journey. The Hebrew writer taught us in 2 and 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. He doesn't want you to taste death. Not that death. He doesn't want you and I to experience that second death. He doesn't want you and I to reach that place of permanent separation for God. And never, ever have the opportunity to come back into his presence. How many enjoyed the presence of God tonight that we felt in this house? The love of the maker, the lover of our soul, the creator himself. There's none greater and more, more important in our lives to please him, to honor him, to give ourselves unto him. Amen. Not letting, hallelujah, I'm telling you, God's working my mind about that message about love and lust. I believe God's going to help me there because you've got to make up in your mind who you're going to love the most. Hallelujah. And the others last. Amen. We can call it love of the world, but it's actually the lust of the world. And for a season. But I want to have a love for him. And a love for godliness and holiness and righteousness. And upright living. Hallelujah. We're not ashamed of this. Hallelujah. There's power with it. There's authority with it. There's a spiritual power that I'm talking about. It's with it. There's a, a spiritual authority. Amen. Brother Ford mentioned it tonight. Hallelujah. Authority. And watch this. Dominion. Who's got the dominion of your 
heart, who's got the dominion of your mind. Hallelujah. Out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaketh. What's in the abundance of your heart? What's in the abundance of your heart? Amen. That's what's going to make all the difference in the world. But I got a mediator that even when my heart condemns me, I got a God that loves me that's greater than the condemning part of my heart. And if I turn to him as my mediator, when I drop the ball, when I come up short, when I let flesh and humanity and attitudes and spirits get the best of me, I got a mediator that I come rushing down, that I come working on my behalf, that help me if I'm willing to confess, if I'm willing, amen, to confess and bring it to an altar and give it to him. He's willing and ready to forgive and wash it away. John put it this way. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ has come and cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The very next chapter in the first verse. My little children, these things write I unto you. That he sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Sister Mornims, y'all singers come. What is this all about? He is the propitiation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Brother Ford mentioned this, beginning talking about if God's for you, who can be against you? Romans 8, hallelujah. I'd love to go back to 7, but I won't do it. I don't have enough time, amen, to to cover all of that. But I'd I'd love to, amen, to cover. I tell you, I'd love to have one of memorization minds from tonight, amen, because of struggle against sin. Romans 7 talks about it. He said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, I had not known to covet, but known, had known about adultery, fornication, all these other things. The law brought as a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, amen. But then after the law, and because of the weakness of the law, man could do it. If the law could have done it, it would have done it, but he couldn't do it. And, and Romans is full of all of that. And, and time just won't allow us to cover all of that. And then you go and you slip on into the eighth chapter. And there, therefore, now is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit is life, of life in Christ Jesus. Has made me free from what? Free from the law of sin. I've been set free. I'm not a servant to it. It doesn't dominate me. It doesn't control me. It doesn't dictate my life. And here is a worse deal than that. There's so many people that's controlled by it and dominated by it and still confess to be Christians and still confess to be living liberty, great liberties of life. I hear them say it. I'm so anointed. Amen. How they put it? I'm so blessed. I can't be depressed. Amen. It's so anointed. It's something else they say all the time. But hallelujah, they don't take much around them and looking at them. They're bound. They're bound by one thing or another. Hallelujah. Wrapped up in things. Amen. It's contrary to the word of God and contrary to the power of God. It's a, it's a phony. It's a fake. It don't, it's no depthness to it. It's no power 
forward to it. But I'm telling you that the, the stage is being set for the church to be the church like never before. For the church to be that city on top of the mountain that will turn our community upside down. I know you think I'm crazy, but that's all right. What do you think is going to happen to them? Miss Sanders just keeps coming, and all of a sudden, one of these services, God not only fills her with the Holy Ghost, but heals her of that cancer. What do you think is going to happen? And I know Montana and had some hiccups and ain't made it to Miss Juanita's and that's all right. But what you think is going to happen whenever the news comes all of a sudden. We baptize Montana in Jesus' name because she can walk. Amen. Because she can get on her feet. Amen. Do we believe in this mediator or not? Do we believe in the power of God or not? Do we believe in the power of prayer or not? Do we believe in the power of the presence we felt in this house a few moments ago? The mediator walked in this house. The mediator can bring families back together. The mediator can take wounds and hurts out of our hearts and minds and lives that nothing else can. Or we can choose to live with them. Or we can choose to let them just callous over and we'll just deal with it. Or we could choose. I got a mediator. And his name is Jesus. And I'm going to call on him tonight. And I'm going to let him reach in. I'm going to let his scaffold do the work. I'm going to let his voice do the work. I'm going to let his promises do the work. I'm going to let his presence do the work. I'm going to believe on him as my mediator. To help me in this house. Amen. To raise up my family. Amen. To walk in this life. To be what God wants me to be. Put a little more pressure on Miss Mary Rose this week. She come by to pay a bill. Nobody's in the store with me and her. I said, Miss Mary Rose, I said, hey. I said, we're serious about the field. I said, no, we're not asking you to give it to either. I said, we're going to give you good money. Doesn't act like it really affects her, but you know what? I'm just going to keep knocking. She's not willing. <laughs> he make her willing to or I don't take that wrong. So I praying, I'm praying for Bone and that daughter already. Y'all think of this all you want to. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Every morning of a school day. You have the opportunity to bring your babies to a place that we start the day coming into a little chapel with prayer and talking about God and praying over them. And they feel the glory of God and fall in love with that. Drugs just dominating the public schools. Sex and immorality just dominating the public schools. We better get a shaking in our lives. I'll be the first and confess it. I'm the most unlikable candidate to even be asking for this. But I'm telling you, coming up 57 that day, it wasn't a William Moore's idea that hit me. I can tell you that. 
It's a God thing. It's a God thing. Dominion. We can just get our minds made up and our hearts made up. I got a mediator. And he's going to work on our behalf in Bendale, Mississippi. This community needs us. They need us. We're more important to them than a, than a, than a bigger sheriff's office. This church is more important to them than, than security cameras. Family, someone will tell you something. You need this church. And you need this church to be strong. And you need this church to be faithful. And you need this church to be victorious. Because what's our chances of making it without a church? Romans 8 and 34 says this. Who? I'd love to back up to 32, but I won't. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, pearls, sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, nay, but in all this. But in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Boy, that covers a lot. Nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The sweetest name I know. Jesus as we stand in this house tonight above the song that we sung tonight shouting it from the housetops and from the mountains and through all the streets and the valleys can I shout it from this temple And I shouted from this temple with all my heart, with all my might, with all my mind. He's my Lord. He's my bishop. He's the reason that I'm living. And he's the reason that I'm willing to die. Because it's really wrapped up in him now. Above and beyond everything else. It's this type of love and power and presence when they come in, they got to experience and they got to, to know.
because this is what has set them free. This is what set us free. This is the reason you and I keep coming back to the house of God. <laughs> we want that visitation. We want that touch. We, we love what God would do for us. <laughs> and even in this house tonight, why don't we all just kind of make our way up here tonight? Let's come collectively and together. I got a mediator that's working on my behalf. It's keeping us along this journey. This church has seen sometimes. It's been through some valleys and climbed some mountains. And God's been faithful to us every step along the way. But I really can't help but feel that the heavens is pulling like never before. Pulling for each and every one of us. Come to that, that understanding that I've got a mediator. God's wanting us to get over this standing back spirit. Standing off and wanting to just hesitant to commit ourselves. Hesitant to get involved. Hasn't it about making some sacrifice with time? It takes time. I know everybody's busy. But we got to be careful with that. Because it's choking the word out of us. I got a mediator tonight that's I'm telling you he walked in this place earlier tonight in such a way such a power I feel if we'd have just made a little more of a push there in some form or manner there's really no telling what would have happened in this house tonight there's some walls that's got to be broken down only God can do it as we, we push our way into those realms of the Spirit, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Let's do it. God bless these singers tonight. Say it, say it. 
best thing I've ever done. Come on and do it tonight. Don't just say it, but do it. Say, falling in love with Jesus. Lord, I'm falling, falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. This is the best thing I've ever done.
protected in his arms will never ever be disconnected and in his arms they'll always be protected there's no place I'd rather be so I'm still falling faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, above all, through all, and in you all, one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. That's why I'm falling in love with him. That's why I'm falling in love with him. He's my days, man. He is my propitiation. He is my strength. One more time, everybody say, I'm falling in love with you, Jesus. Lord, I want you to help me fall in love afresh. I want to go back to that first love, to that first carefulness, to that first state, oh God, where everything is possible with you and you became the greatest thing that had ever been you became the love of my life you became more than my necessary bread and necessary food it was my all and my all tonight the Lord loves us I love you Jesus he wants to be that mediator as we warned in revelations the church go back to that first love I want to carry it a step further I don't want to just fall in love with him I want to fall in love with this church yes Fall in love with the families of this yes. church. Fall in love with the families of this community. Because that love will pull us. Amen. That love will cause us to do things that nothing else can. And do it in a form and manner that God, that God will honor it. And show favor on it. And show his blessings upon it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Don't forget, this coming Friday night is the fall festival we're going to be doing and uh, getting things lined up. Appreciate all that's participating, helping us out in those areas with games and things of that nature, canned drinks, uh, absence, things of that nature. If you look back there on the... Uh, Paper. Also, don't forget, and I know most of you signed up already, but just in case for the cakewalk and all, there's a second page on the back side. 
to put your name and what you'd like to make and to bring, and we appreciate it so much. Amen. Birthdays. Got any birthdays? All right. Hunter, Sister Liz, Sister Jessica. All right. Brother Mitch. Amen. Brother Nathan. All right. So, Sister Cynthia. Brother Nathan, Sister Cynthia, Brother Mitch. Amen. Hunter, Sister Jessica. All right. Come on, Hunter. Ain't you still under 16? One more year, brother. That's right, 15. Don't rush it, huh? All right. Let's remember all of these. Praise God, had a birthday. What, one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six. Y'all want to say you all? That'd make it a little easier. All right, let's do it. God bless you. Let's give them all a good hand tonight. Praise God. All right. Let's stand together. Love and appreciate you.